You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I did wish to say just very briefly at the start that many of you have been extremely prayerful and faithful for my wife, Mary, who's been very ill. I wouldn't be here unless she had been discharged from the hospital, and our son, Simeon, flew all the way from England to look after her for these days while I'm uh, in Birmingham so I could focus on being at the Advent. But she's got two full-time nurses, including a son who is a little flummoxed by the idea of giving his mother a shower. (laughs) Now, um, (laughs) the uh, text for this uh, short sermon is from 1 Samuel chapter 12, and it's a familiar short reading. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to David, there were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb which he had bought. And he brought it up and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his bosom and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him, but he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then King David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to the prophet Nathan, as the Lord liveth, The man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, thou art the man. The um, unconscious hypocrisy of King David reflects a very um, deep fact about human beings, and that is that we are very compartmentalized. Everyone here, well, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people here are compartmentalized, and it is often true that what you're really thinking or feeling at a given moment does not come out. It is actually possible to have very, very strong feelings and opinions and losses and painful scars that you never talk to anybody about. Um, And the point of today's sermon is to try to help us under God to excavate what is really going on in compartmentalized people for the purposes of healing and perhaps for the purposes of helping people we love who have hidden lives and hidden hurts to surface and be healed. Now, um, remember the old show from the 40s, The Shadow? I mean, nobody remembers it, but it was in the 40s. And um, the tagline for the radio show, The Shadow, you remember it. 
Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. And um, it is absolutely essential that you realize how deeply hidden um, elements of your life is, are, in order for you to die and to come to a sense of resolution, of peace, so that you're not really um, humbugged by things that happened 50 or 40 or 20 years ago. Now, one of my heroes is Joseph von Sternberg, otherwise known as Joseph von Sternberg. And um, you all remember who he is. He, he was the movie director in Hollywood in the 1930s who directed six movies starring whom? Marlena Dietrich. And Joseph von Sternberg, a genuine genius in Hollywood terms, said this, the average human being lives behind an impenetrable veil and will disclose his deep emotion only in a crisis which robs him of control. Now go home tonight and stream von Sternberg's movie Morocco from 1932, in which the heroine, Marlena Dietrich, does something so radical and so unexpected and so utterly courageous in the last three minutes of the movie in respect to Gary Cooper, that you will not believe it. And as you watch it, you'll suddenly say, I wish I could be like Marlena Dietrich. I wish I could act on something that is that important to me, regardless of what other people think, and I don't mind disclosing my deep emotion because I'm in a crisis which has robbed me of control. Definitely see it. It all comes together in the last three minutes. Or his movie Shanghai Express, in which Marlena Dietrich plays sort of a high-class Austrian courtesan in China, who everybody thinks is a high-class Austrian courtesan. Little do you know, until she gets into a truly murderous jam, that she is a devout, praying Christian. And here this unbelievable movie ends up with, with Marlena Dietrich praying her heart out with a Bible in a train car. So um, what I'm getting at is that these little movies, um, Joseph von Sternberg's words, reveal the truth about human nature, that there are certain drives and hurts, often scars, often memories, often suppressed feelings that are extremely important and that make life very problematic. Most people who are difficult are difficult because of something that happened to them. Not you, but most. Um, you, 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 you're married to someone who has an impossible personal habit. But if you went back with a little bit of empathy and compassion, which you've lost, um, you, will, you will find that this particular person has a very good reason for being so habitually compulsive or so habitually upset about nothing. Um, we have a joke that dad goes to the airport 14 hours before any flight out of fear of being late. Now, um, how do you solve a problem called Maria? How do you solve a problem called Maria? The great question of the sound of music. 
Do you know that that movie played, are you ready for this, for 12 years at a movie theater in Madison, Wisconsin? Just thought I'd share that. Now, (laughs) how do you solve a problem called Maria? Because it's you. Or, more likely, it's the person you're married to or used to be married to or the child that you're worried about today. How do you solve a problem called Maria? Because there's something there that is deep and often unconscious that is creating the problems and confusions that are devastating. Well, um, this sermon has a definite structure and it's not long. You and I are like the Death Star in um, Star Wars. Do you remember the Death Star in Star Wars? The Death Star was a huge big spacecraft that had a tiny aperture way 500 miles on the other side through which if Luke could get his little harpoon into the tiny aperture, he would get to the Death Star. But the point of access of the agency to get rid of the problem was so tiny that God had to lead him to that point. And I wanna give you one more example of how this works. And then I wanna give you a kind of, you might call it a recipe for getting through. Now, I'm gonna mention a movie that you're gonna think is hopelessly obscure. But if you haven't seen it, I mean, you've gotta go immediately and see it. It was made in 1982 by a French filmmaker named Jacques Demy, who did uh, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, and it's called A Room in Town. (laughs) But but it is. It's called A Room in Town, and it's a musical, and it's about a communist anarchist who is unbelievably devoted to his ideological cause, and um, he's a difficult, edgy, young um, radical. But he meets Dominique Sanda (laughs) on the street late at night. And something about Dominique Sanda, this extraordinarily beguiling person, so completely gets to him that his entire life changes at that exact moment. And he becomes totally fixated on a positive relationship with this woman played by Dominique Sanda. He has a scene, this is all sung. It's in French, but it's great subtitles. He has a scene with his best friend and he turns to his best friend in a French bistro and he says, something amazing has happened to me. I'm a communist anarchist. I'm so woke, it's unbelievable, he says. But everything has changed. I have met this woman and something has happened and my, all my life has completely and totally been overturned towards the desire to love her and be with her. It's a remarkable picture of the Death Star that has been uh, harpooned through the aperture of the need for love. And as he is dying uh, from a police action at the end of the movie, instead of saying, Um, you know, the Marseillaise, or uh, up with whatever it is, or down with that thing. His last words are these, Edith, my life, Edith, my life. I mean, his entire Death Star, which was all based upon an ideological 
constantly um, habitual anger has been cauterized and harpooned and made accessible and healed through this remarkable moment. Now, the funny thing is, that happened to you once. I mean, you met somebody once, and you said, oh my gosh, my whole life is going to be different now. I I can't believe it. I mean, everything I thought was important, you know, law school, (laughs) you know, business school, being a really good whatever it is, all of a sudden, I think I'll move to Covington, Kentucky and live the rest of my life if I can be near him. Now, um, the power of this, this shows us that there is a place in the um, closed system of human personality where a place which is longing for love, and it's always a place that is in pain. It's characteristically a place in your life where there is some form of unhealed, sometimes even unconscious pain. It always comes out when you're dying, by the way. I can't tell you how often it comes out in the last eight minutes of a person's life. But what? Why did he say that? Because 50 years ago, something happened and you never listened. Um, Everybody has a little aperture of access to a hurt. And the grace of God is the love that hits the hurt. That's what the entire Christian message is. That's why um, the minister, the rector here, put the Compassionate Christ statue right out here. Because it shows a form of love that is directed to the point of pain. Well, I'm going to finish by giving what's normally called an application. If you know somebody in your life, let's not talk about you. Let's talk about someone you know who seems maybe like the Death Star. There's something you would desperately like to have them change in. You'd love to let them hear something that would change their habitual, hard, uh, frozen pattern, and you don't know what it is. Well, one thing you can never do is exhort them. Isn't that called the law? People will come to you and say, well, let me just give you a word of advice. My mother used to always say when she wanted me to change, she would always come to me and say, Paul, a word to the wise. And as soon as I said, Paul, a word to the wise, and I would literally throw up that exact moment. (laughs) A word to the wise. (laughs) You don't have a mother like that. Um, But um, you you cannot change a person by exhortation and by the law. You, you, You can only pray to them pray for them. You can certainly pray for your child who's, who's lost. You can pray for the one you love who's caught in a paralysis of human um, inactivity. Um, but the best thing you can do is you can go back in your own life to when your death star was penetrated. When was your Death Star penetrated, maybe unexpectedly, by the harpoon of empathic love? When did it happen? You know, I'm not a mystic, and I really get a little bit uh, bored with Richard Rohr. I just do. But Meister Eckhart, who was a great person, said a brilliant thing. He said, Meister Eckhart did, in the 1300s, he said, if you can't find God 
Go back to the point when you lost him. If you can't find God, go back to where you lost him. Well, the same is true in the kind of love which is empathic and helps a person to see themselves as they are. Go back to the teacher that loved you when you were feeling very awkward. Go back to the college girl who really saw something in you. I mean, you were a total dork, but somebody saw something in you, and she's still with you. And look what you've become. You're Jeff Bezos. Um, go Go back to the point where the death star of this person, you, that person, was touched by the harpoon of compassionate, graceful love, and you will instantly see what it takes for the one you love to find a way forward. And you will kindly, gently, without hortatory didacticism, wait the moment, and somebody will get in there when the time is really, really necessary, and everything will change like the French anarchist in about three seconds. Well, that's my word today, and tomorrow I'll talk about the ultimate change agent in relationships, which is called imputation. Dear God, um, help us to develop more compassion for the people that we love who are stuck by going back to the time when we were stuck and you sent your angel to help us and to love us and to understand. And I pray this for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.